There are plenty of ways to have a baby, whether it's a traditional hospital birth or at home. There are also a number of providers you can have as part of your care team. So today we're focusing on midwifery care and whether or not it's right for you. Joining us for this chat is Charlotte Wilkes, a certified nurse midwife with Prisma Health Midwifery. This is Flourish, a podcast brought to you by Prisma Health. I'm Caitlin White. So let's start our episode off with a pretty basic question. What is midwifery? So midwifery historically has been women providing services for other women while they're giving birth. And when I say historically, of course, midwives go way, way, way back working within (laughs) their own communities. Mm -hmm. So things have changed over the years. Midwifery now can include obviously working in pregnancy and being with a woman during her labor and birth, but also can include women's health care. It can include primary health care. It expands a lot more than it used to be. So on that note, how does midwifery care differ from, you know, traditional OBGYN care? And then what type of education or certification do midwives need to have? So midwives are trained to really look at the the whole picture and the whole woman, if you will. So we're looking at not only just the physical components of her health care and making sure that she's healthy and stays healthy, But we're also taking into account family, psychological situations for her, the stress that may be happening spiritually, what's going on for her. So we really are looking at more of the whole picture. We work a lot with shared decision-making, which means that we provide the education that the patient needs to be able to make the best decision for her and her baby. So that sometimes means that we don't agree. (laughs) I provide the information and they make a decision that, you know, I wouldn't necessarily agree with, but ultimately it's her decision to make. So we respect that. um, And once they have all that information, I feel like they're educated, they get to make that decision. We really encourage them to be very involved in their healthcare with the hopes that it empowers them not only during their experience with us, but in their future as well as they are receiving health care from other people. As far as the education piece goes, there's different kinds of midwives. So there are the lay midwife or the certified professional midwife, which are typically your community midwives who have, they may have been trained formally, they may not have been trained formally, and they're apprenticed by uh, experienced midwives. They're um, providing care outside of the hospital only. They don't have prescriptive authority, and their focus is mainly on pregnancy and birth. The certified nurse midwife is a BSN, so we have our bachelor's degree in nursing, and we've continued our education on with a specialty in midwifery. So we finish our program either with a master's in the science of nursing or a doctorate in nursing practice. So our education includes gynecology, newborn care, 
both the uncomplicated and complicated pregnancy and birth. And we're able to, uh, we're licensed by the state, we're able to write prescriptions, able to order epidurals when you're in the hospital. And we're also able to work both in and out of the hospital. So I right now am working in hospital. That's what I've chosen to do. But it is possible for nurse midwives to do out of hospital as well. Mm-hmm. So then who would make a good candidate for midwifery care? Is there like an ideal patient or is it open to anyone who chooses? The ideal candidate for midwifery care can include many different women. But ideally, you're coming to us generally healthy. So meaning that if you have cardiovascular heart issues or you have high blood pressure or diabetes prior to your pregnancy, you really need to have more extensive monitoring. And that typically is done with an OB or maternal fetal medicine perinatologist. So ideally, you come to us healthy. It doesn't mean that you have to be planning on an all-natural birth, which I think a lot of people think that's what they need. You know, if they're going to come to a midwife, that's what they um, need to want. And that's not true, actually. Part of that shared decision-making is making sure that we're respecting what your desires are for your birth. So, yes, some people want non-interventive water births, nobody talking in the room and, you know, baby on them right away and no to minimal intervention. And others would like to be, you know, induced at a certain time. They want to epidural in labor. They, you know, they have a whole different idea of what their birth may look like. And again, that's just part of our shared decision-making and respecting what that person's choices for her experience. Absolutely. Well, then what are some scenarios or situations where midwifery wouldn't be the best option? Well, for instance, twins. We, are, we don't do twins. Um, breach deliveries, we're not going to do those. Those typically are cesarean section births. We do first assist with those C-sections, but we don't perform surgeries. So that would be the big difference is that we do not do surgery. So We may be present for you. We may assist with it, but we don't do surgeries. So really, if you have developed a high-risk situation in your pregnancy, depending on what it is, we may work along with our collaborative physicians and be able to work together to provide you the best care. And sometimes it means that you need to transfer care to an OB or a maternal fetal medicine doctor for that more specialized care. Well, tell us a bit about the midwifery birth experience. I know there are many, many different scenarios and options within that umbrella, but can you just give us a general picture if possible? Yeah, the general picture is that we're present. So regardless of what you've chosen as far as pain management, you know, waiting for labor to start, deciding that you, you know, want to be induced at a certain time, we're present, meaning that We are there from the time you're admitted into the hospital until after the baby's delivered. Now, it may not be the same midwife, (laughs) but, but the midwives are present. So if you are, for instance, having an unmedicated birth, we're there to provide you that additional support with, I don't want to say coaching, because sometimes that sounds like we're going rah, rah, rah. 
but it can be as simple as us being in the room. That can make somebody incredibly, they feel secure. They feel like we've got them. We're there with them. And some people need more hands-on support. So we really try to be mindful of what that individual's needs are. And you may think that you want one thing before you start labor, but then labor starts and you realize that you needed something very different. And so we're able to help facilitate that when we're present and we know what's happening for you. So the other thing is that even with, you know, if you choose, for instance, an epidural, we still are going to um, minimize intervention unless it is necessary for some reason. There's all the studies that are out there support minimal intervention for low-risk women um, to have the best outcomes. That is what we're going to do. We're monitoring. We're always monitoring, and we're watching for if something different needs to happen. Most of the time, low-risk women, we're just there. We're just present. Well, let's talk about birth plans now. What is a birth plan and what should you consider when creating one? So really, the birth plan starts from the beginning of your pregnancy and kind of the what you envision for what you, you know, would like your birth to look like. But many times, especially for that first time mom, they have no idea. They have no idea what questions to ask. They have no idea of what birth looks like other than the sitcoms that, you know, you have somebody screaming for 30 minutes and then they have their baby. It really begins from that first visit when we start educating about your pregnancy, about different options for childbirth ed classes, possibly for doulas who are labor support people. And then as we continue to have those visits, we start discussing about you know, various things like, so what are you thinking as far as pain management? What are, you know, what are your hopes for that? Like for your baby, you know, what, what would you like to have happen for your baby when your baby's born? Do you want the baby put skin to skin with you? Do you want delayed cord clamping? You know, what are the things that, you know, you would desire given the perfect scenario? Understanding, and this is something that we always discuss, understanding that you can have a birth plan but that's a plan, and sometimes we have to deviate from that if, if other things come up. And again, it's that shared decision-making that we're talking about during the visit so that you're prepared for, well, what happens if, you know, you're planning on a vaginal birth, but for some reason you need to have a cesarean section? Well, let's talk about what experience you would want if you were back in a C-section. Would you want the baby put on your chest as soon as they've got baby cleaned up and looked at and, you know, would you want baby on your chest? If the baby want, uh, needs to go to the nursery, would you prefer your partner stay with you or would you prefer your partner go with the baby? So those are things that we can, discussions that we can help facilitate as well so we have a better understanding of what your hopes are for your birth. Well, we touched on this a bit earlier, but is it possible to have that natural low intervention birth in a hospital setting if you want like a bit of both? <laughs> yes, absolutely. In fact, several of our midwives have actually worked in birth centers or have been involved in home births before. So we're actually very comfortable with that non-interventive style. The nurses, nursing team is excellent at really respecting what your needs are. You know, understanding that 
it's important that we are monitoring. So we are listening to baby. That doesn't mean you're hooked up to a monitor all the time, but we do need to listen to baby. We do need to get your blood pressure. We do need to check, check your temperature. Those are just things that are we do out of the hospital as well, just to make sure that you and baby are healthy during the process. But otherwise, we have all the tools necessary to be able to allow someone to have that non-interventive experience, including birth balls and, of course, our water birth, our birth tubs now. We're present with you so we can support you through those times when you, you just don't know if you can keep going, but we're there for you. The nurses are there for you. I think it's, it's really about respecting what your needs are, and you can have an amazing experience knowing that you are safe and secure with the providers that you've chosen. I love that. Always good to hear about our options. On that note, tell us about water births and when is that a good option? (laughs) (laughs) So um, water birth is new to our hospital. We just started that. Um, They've been offering that up at the Greenville Prisma Health for quite some time. Personally, I've attended... I don't know, a many, 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 many water births. We know there's a lot of uh, advantages to it for that low-risk woman. So pain relief is the big thing. Women get into that tub, and they may have been having a really hard time when they get in, and they immediately relax. So it's really amazing to see that buoyancy really helps with that heaviness of being pregnant, helps you be able to move much easier, helps you get into those positions that are more comfortable. The warm water is soothing. It facilitates faster labors, probably because women do relax. And we also um, know that there's less risk of tears when women birth in in the tub. Now, of course, you don't have to birth in the tub. You can use all the advantages of just being in the water as well and then get out of the tub. So the the women that are, you know, the best candidate for water birth, again, are going to be your low-risk, healthy women. You have to be able to ambulate, meaning you have to be able to get in and out of that tub. So if you have any issues of maybe having a higher BMI, so women that have a, a BMI of 40 or higher, we're not able to use that birth tub because it's going to be harder for you and it would be harder for us to get you out in case of an emergency. If there's a situation that we're concerned about infection or maybe the heart tones on baby we're concerned about, that tub is not a good option. So we have, oh, and also preterm birth. So any babies born before 37 weeks, we're not going to deliver in the, in the tub. So there are a few things that risk you out from the get-go that's just, this isn't a good idea for you. And there can be some things that come up in labor that make it so that we prefer to deliver you on land, so to speak, just so that we have a little bit more ability to move you, to have access to baby quickly, whereas in the water, we don't have as quick access. I guess that's the easiest way to say that. Oh, and one other thing, babies come out and they're just, it's amazing to watch them because they, you know, they're born, they immediately are lifted to the surface, but many times they don't cry. They just are looking around. They're breathing, 
but they're just, it's such a gentle birth for them that it's like they haven't figured out yet that I'm not still in the womb. (laughs) They're just looking around. It's very calm. It's really amazing to watch them unfold and really discover what's around them. And then for mom to bring that baby to their chest and just that, yeah, it's just an amazing experience for everyone, including the midwife. (laughs) I love that. That sounds so magical and peaceful and something that is, you know, we see on TV or can tend to be a little chaotic. (laughs) Well, Charlotte, we've covered a lot of information in this episode. And as we wrap up, can you just clarify for us, do midwives only provide maternity care or can they provide primary care and prescribe medications and stuff like that as well? Yeah. So the certified nurse midwife is also a nurse practitioner. So we do women's health care from puberty to postmenopausal. And um, we can provide that primary health care, not just for your annual exams, but for things that may come up that, you know, maybe you're having difficult periods or you're having irregular periods or you're having pain or there's many things that we can manage that way for you as well as, and it depends on the the midwife, on what their specialty is. But for instance, I work with a lot of women that have issues with their thyroid. So that's something that I've done additional training for. And so as part of my practice, it may not be part of one of my partner's practice, but that's something I've decided to include in mine. But we have that option of being able to continue our education so that we can provide those more specialized services. Again, as certified nurse midwives and nurse practitioners, we have full prescriptive authority, meaning that we're able to write for things like your birth control method, thyroid medications. Gosh, there's so many things that, I, you know, we have narcotics, epidural, etc. Well, thank you so much, Charlotte, for this information. I just love hearing about the types of care and support available for pregnant people. Thank you again for all the work you do. For more information, you can head on over to prismahealth.org slash flourish. And this has been Flourish, a podcast brought to you by Prisma Health. I'm Caitlin White. Stay well.